Hey everybody, we are doing another podcast. This is round two with Chad William Anderson. Hi, uh, call him Bill. He loves it. We covered that in the first one. Uh, so we're just gonna start out. If you want to learn about Chad and all the magical things he's done, listen to part one. But this is part two, and we are not gonna rehash the first one because we're not a thing that's rebooting everything and, and these we days. Ain't, we ain't got time. We ain't got that. the time for that. So first thing that's on the docket. What? As as they say. As they say. No time. As the lady says. Just no time. Uh, so yeah, first thing we're talking first about today, thing. right now, part two. Dream collabs. Dream collaborations. Now, are we talking about dream collaborations for music or for video? We're or talking for other things? anything you would want to be a dream. We're talking well, about it. So like collaborations for how I could create a dream in my wanted, mind while I'm sleeping. If you wanted signature <laughs> shoes from Nike, Chad, we could talk about it. Hey, oh, shout hey, out oh, Nigel Houston. Give me some money. Nike skateboarding. Nike. Um, so, I mean, yeah. it's mainly focused on music because we are musicians, but you can talk about whatever you want because nobody can stop us. They can just turn us off. Just kidding. <laughs> Get it? That took me a second. Yeah. Well, who's your dream My dream collab. Right. I want to make a song with Alex Lifeson and Getty Lee. And, uh, so you want to replace your hero? No, I do not. Okay. This will be a separate thing. Oh, so it wouldn't be nothing like I can't like write Rush. lyrics like Neely. <laughs> This would be like, hey, let's get together in the studio. We'll take a week or something, and we'll just like write a song right there on the spot. We'll track everything, and you can just take it home, and it's yours to keep. And this was free because I just want to sweepstakes. That's the dream. <laughs> That's the dream. Um, that would be my number one music one. Um, second to that, kind of in the same order as the top five that we went over in the last episode, uh, Dream Theater. I would take a collab with... John Petrucci and Jordan Rudess and I would give John Myung all the time in the world to have a solo on the song so people could hear him because nobody gets to hear John Myung he's just there I feel like you get to hear him on more, the new stuff more than no I mean like not, wait what song am I thinking of where there's a like take the time okay there's a giant bass solo in Metropolis part one is it Metropolis no there's one to take the time though as well isn't there uh not that I know of, but I'm not a bass player. Oh, no, you're right. It's I'm thinking of a Metropolis Part 1. Okay. For sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, he has a great 12-second run right there, and I want more of that. I want, <laughs> yeah, him yeah, to, yeah. I want him to get his bass all up in me, as Paul Rudd would say. Maybe do a, like a, a liquid tension experiment type thing, but with John Myung yes. instead of... Yeah. Tony Levin. And Portnoy could supervise if he wanted. Yeah. He could hang out with us, but I'm the <laughs> captain of that show. Liquid Casey experiment. Mike Portnoy can sit in the corner and do his caveman grunts. He can do his cameos. Ah! Yeah. Day after day. Yeah. Those things. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll, just put, we'll put it on the record for him. Yeah. Just to appease him. Put a lot of reverb on it. Yeah. Call it good. And we'll just mess with it so it sounds like we're really experimenting <clears throat> with things. Yeah. Kind of like uh, in uh, Limbo by Rush. They use the voice as an instrument. And so it's still an instrumental, even though there's vocals. Uh, 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 Whoa. That happened. Okay, dream collab, Chadley. Uh, dream collab. Um, we'll get we'll get to non-music collabs after this. Yeah, so, I mean, the dr dream collaboration, man. Um, For me, it would have to be like someone who like you said like just getting together and just jamming stuff out like i would say like dave Grohl. oh yeah dude 
Like that would be so cool. Just spend a day in a studio with Dave Grohl and just see what happens in his studio. Sure, yeah, yeah. like yeah. any studio, What's but the magical like, soundboard from that studio. Well, it's on that, tape now, Chad. That Neve console that he took from Sound City. Yeah, which he made a whole documentary about yes. and made it like way overhyped, but yeah. still is it is cool. But Dude, don't get me freaking wrong. Foo Fighters. Ah, I forgot to um, put them in my top five. Dude, Foo Fighters. withdrawals. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like, just getting in the same room with Dave Grohl and just seeing what happens. That would be like the day for me. The day. Um. Like, I don't know who else. Uh. There's F my A. Hmm. What else? Like, dude. Like Tenacious D. Jack dude, Black. That would be amazing. Gas. Uh. I love me some gas in the mornings. Like the thing is, is I I'm so in a mode in recent years where there isn't a lot of jamming going on in my life. And like, there's not a lot of, there actually isn't a lot of collaboration. Cause like my band, most of the music is written by one dude. Who's not me. True. Uh, that's my main <laughs> that's band. A fact. Um, because if it were you, then you wouldn't be helium prime right. because there's a very specific sound. <laughs> right. Uh, and it's not the sound that comes from me writing. So, um, but yeah, like I can see myself getting some good jamming done with, those kind of dudes. Totes. Uh, totes totes goats. Definitely my goats. Uh, you got to have my goats if you got the totes. <laughs> yeah. Um, who I would think that you would say Devin Townsend. See, the thing about like when I think about Devin Townsend and then collaboration, mm-hmm. I feel like that's not something that would be like a fruitful experience. Really? Because, because Devin Townsend writes music in such a way and it's been documented the way he writes music in such a way that it's coming like straight from him and like there's so much there that like if you have like a glass and the water going into the glass is the music like he's filling that up like 99% of the way himself anyway so yeah but that's that's in the sense of his own music if I would love with somebody I, it has to be a different story he's not that dumb he's not no, dumb at all but no of course not but so like there definitely could be some some kind of something to be said for a collaboration of that sort but um I don't think that would be as uh, fulfilling as something as like I I don't think that me and Devin Townsend getting into a room together would be like as fun or as yeah fulfilling as something like walking into a room and like there's Dave Grohl and like okay Dave sit down on the drums I'll grab a guitar let's just see what happens oh that's my next question would you have him on guitar or drums whatever you know just whatever, whatever he's, he's the man. feeling he's yeah. feeling it I mean, you can't do the drums, so he would have to. I mean, sure, Taylor but, was hanging out at a studio also. Yeah, and or you know, we could get other people into the room. Dude, okay, so us, give know. me your dream team. Dream team. <laughs> so Dave Grohl. So you got Dave Grohl. Hashtag got, vocals or guitar or both. Vocals, guitar, or drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, or all. Let's three just assume vocals and guitar. Assuming Dave is on guitar and vocals, then uh, I'd have to go. Oh God! I just remembered another top five I didn't say. God damn. You can't say that. Uh, <laughs> gosh darn. Gosh darn it. Um, I don't give a heck. I don't know. I'm going to have to have a new top five. I'm sorry. Drums. Uh, I don't Do you even like drummers? Who even plays drums? I don't know. Like, nobody, definitely nobody on my channel that I've interviewed already. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. Like the thing is, is metal drummers. I feel like everything needs to be calculated and like. Dude, what about the dude from Lepris? 
Dude, I don't know much about him. So. I don't either, but you've heard of stuff, right? I, yeah. He sounds very uh, off the cuff. Yeah, he yeah. sounds very like he could write the craziest thing in no time at all. Or uh, what is his name from, from Haken? Ray Hearn. Ray Hearn. <laughs> Hashtag watch my interview with Ray Hearn. That's a good interview. Um, it's my first interview. Interview. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag thank you, Seaman Soundless. Or no, uh, who's the... The guy who plays with um, Thank You Scientist. Have you, have, have, have you I have them. I don't know anything about them other than I like them. Yeah, so uh, Thank You Scientist um, is a really good band, and their drummer's real good. Okay, we'll say their drummer. <laughs> I don't know his, don't know his name, but... That's fine. Um, so, and then you gotta have someone on bass. You gotta. Obviously, like, who's gonna, who's gonna do the bass? Right, you can't not. I mean, Young comes to mind, Getty... I mean, oh, Getty Lee, I feel like Getty Lee could, would just, dude. yeah. He would turn it up. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> dude, Victor Wooten. I, know, I, I feel like he's another one like Devin Townsend, nah, where dude. it's just like. He's a jamming guy. And I've seen him jam. Like, yeah. I've, I've been to a clinic that he did at a music store here, like, what, 10 years ago. Yeah. And he did, like, a little jam sesh with. Um, the bass player who taught bass lessons at that at that uh, music store, and it was like really cool. It was really good, like no doubt. Nineties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, then who's on your bass guitar? Uh, BS guitar. BS man. I mean, the only one who keeps coming to mind now is Getty because we saying his name. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know his name is actually Gary. I did know. I did know that. Yeah, yeah. of course you did. Because um, I probably told you. And then it was because I remember his grandma could, couldn't say. Gary. Oh yeah, she she called him Giddy. his mother or something. Giddy, Giddy, Giddy. Hello, Giddy. Come here, please. Uh, and someone else who comes to mind for drums would be. Uh, Wait, what about bass? Are you just going with Giddy? I'm, I'm going back. Okay. On to, to drums because I feel like collaborating with like Travis Barker as interesting corny as that is. Is I would Dude, actually take off love your to. pants and jackets. One of my all time favorites. Because the dude is just Please so do groovy. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. Hey, thank but, you. Um, he's groovy. He's a groove machine. He's got these it grooves. It took me way too long to appreciate him. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like he's underappreciated because of the band that he plays in and the bands that he's played in um, over the past yeah, that rap thing 25 going for years. A yeah, the Transplants. Um, yeah. I, I never really got huge into them, but... Most people didn't. Um, kidding. Yeah, one of the... One of the biggest reasons why Blink-182 is something I can still listen to all the time is because of Travis Barker, so that would be like a fucking... Whoa. Bleep. Uh, that would be a really cool uh, experience, I think. Yeah, okay, so so you got Getty on bass, the Bark on the drums, you got Dave Grohl on Get Fiddle and Vokes, you're on Get Fiddle. Is there anyone... Do you need a keyboardist for that super group or no? Uh, I How many would... keyboards do you know? I, I, like the thing is, is like, no, I don't know any. Like, I just call up Alex Nasla and there you go, call it good because yeah, he he's a beast. <laughs> I wish he played more. Hashtag Alex Nasla played more. He's again. in. He's in. Yeah, a, but he doesn't play here. No, no. I wish he like posted videos or something of like him shredding. Yeah, I I edited a video uh, of him doing a first look at a Roland synthesizer a few months back and. He tore it up on that. Tore it. But yeah, he, he should definitely do more demonstration videos. Uh, well, we should maybe talk about how we met Alex. Uh, I met at, we, we met Alex Nasla of Gear Gods. Um, 
And actually, I need, I have a story to tell you about this show that we played. But okay, we we played a show in. You tell me on air. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you here. Oh, I'll tell you. Um, it's so it's a retelling of a story that Trey Xavier told me. Um, Excellent. But yeah, uh, Alex Nasla was playing in a band called Solaria back. This is back in 2011. Yeah. Um, we were touring like eight years ago. We did a little tour around the very little. <laughs> it was like three dates. We and, got screwed. Oh, we'll call it two and a half dates. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we we played this. That, that topic's coming up. Sorry. We, we played this show in um, Las Vegas, Nevada. You don't know where Las Vegas is. Oh dear lord! At a little venue called Cheyenne Saloon. It was actually pretty. That place was dope. It was a pretty good little uh, club we played at. Hashtag it's okay there. It was the yeah. It was a the, I think the the show was called the Southwest Power Fest. Uh, yeah yeah. Um, promoter name was Star. I want to say yeah, the transgender. Uh, yeah, nice trans woman. Named Not that Star. there's anything wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> hashtag Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, uh, this was when Casey and I here we were. Casey's this other guy. This on I'm this right podcast. Here. Uh Casey and I were playing in a band called Dysphoria that D I S F O R I A. A lot of people may know. Go um, find us on some old platforms like MySpace. We uh, yeah. Okay, um, on everything. So, they are on everything, I should say. Maybe that story will come out later. I'm dragging this boy out way too long. But yeah, sorry, right. I keep interrupting. <laughs> so Dysphoria was playing. We did a little mini tour, um, played in Las Vegas at with Alex Nasla's band called Solaria. Um, they were a really awesome band. Um, that part was cool, but what came after was even cooler. And then the next day we got lunch, brunch, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, was with, it, I think it was closer to dinner. It was Dysphoria and Solaria. No, because we were about to leave for the or the drive home, I think, back to Salt Lake. Really? Because I remember everybody getting like seafood, like crab legs and crap. Yeah, but it was like, it was like lunchtime. Okay. Anyway, we all got buffet in uh, Harrah's. Yeah, on, on the right. strip where we actually, I think we were staying in Harris, weren't we? Yeah. They also happened to be staying there, didn't they? No. Well, why were we, they there? We just invited them. Oh, that's nice of us. So, um, yeah, we, we got lunch with Solaria and made friends and talked to them. Yeah. Uh, we talked to them good. They actually used our gear, at least some of our gear for that show. Uh, I yeah. know that Alex's brother, Adam, was playing guitar in that band and he used my amplifier. Um, I don't know if they use my drums. And I know that the, at least one other band used your drums, which was Phantom X. Yeah, but he had his all of his own cymbals. Right. Um, I don't it, know why that matters. Yeah. Hold on. The funny story I was going to tell you that Trey told me um, when I met Trey in person for the first time when I was on tour back in Wait, August. Tell us who Trey is again. Trey is the editor in chief of Gear Gods. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> most Gear Gods videos feature Trey Xavier. Uh, he's the beanie guy. Anyway, um, I met him for the first time in person back in August when I was on tour when we were going through LA, which is where he lives. Uh, and he currently is in a band with Alex Nasla. Alex yeah. Nasla is also a gear god. Yes. Uh, they're in a band together called In Virtue. Uh, they're really good. But back then, In Virtue was still a band. It was Trey's band. I don't think Alex was in the band at the time. Um, and they were, uh, they're not super power metal now, in my opinion, but back then they were, they were actually a female fronted power metal band and they were supposed to also play that show. Yeah. Um, and there was some reason that they had to cancel or something, but, um, yeah, so I, I would, we would have met Trey back then 
And then he probably wouldn't have thought I was as cool as I am now. Because <laughs> I was kind <laughs> Not of if a he's on dysphoria live. Nope. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, just funny story. I was destined to meet him but not then right so they had to cancel it was the best of times it was the worst of times hashtag annie just kidding i don't know what that's from i don't remember so probably some famous play anyway uh okay so dream collab on bands god (laughs) shit dream collab on bands has been completed yeah because we started talking about what keyboardist you would have and here we are without a choice of a keyboardist right and that's fine but let's move on. Did you want to talk about any other dream collabs, such as like an audio pile? No, I mean I think I think band, band yeah, uh, collabs that, that covers, yeah. The, All right, yeah. We're gonna get into some top five audio video gosh darn regrets that we wish is hashtag Chad wishes he knew when he started. So many hashtags. This is a question I often ask my interviewers. Uh. Not a top five thing, though, but whatever. Your interviewers or your interviewees? My interviewees. I am uh-huh. the interviewer. Thank yes. you for clarifying. Um. Anyway. Regrets, Regrets when it comes to things we wish we knew, but now we know. But didn't before. But didn't when we started. When it comes to audio or video. Yeah. Um, production in particular. Yes. Um. Do you have some off the top uh, of your head? Uh, yeah. My pretty much only contribution to this is don't worry so much about having it sound the best possible. Just do your thing. And then as you're doing your thing, you gradually increase the quality and you just get better and better and better. And you never stop learning because that's impossible. Um, The minute you stop learning, you start sucking. So uh, I would I would tell my younger self, particularly about this channel, uh, just don't worry about it, bro. Cause like it'll come. Just, just don't worry about it. Um, one thing I think I wish I would have known from the get go was that fixing things in post is not the answer. Yeah. Getting things right at the source is important and worth it. Um, and by that, I mean like, when I started out recording bands, um, it started as like, when you're recording bands, some bands, you know, they're working on a small budget and it's like, uh, if you got a guitar player who just isn't nailing a part or they could nail a part if you put more time, uh, and let them really work on it but you know that they aren't going to be able to pay for it. That's kind of like, okay, am I going to be able to edit this later? Yes. Okay. But no, it, it should be make them play it right. Um, because the end result is just, you can tell. Uh, yeah. And I think that's, that could be said of audio or video. Um, yeah, more so audio. I think. Yeah. Cause video you're on screen. You can't, f- I mean, you can fix whatever you want. Now, if you've seen Endgame, <laughs> special effects in Endgame, but based on your time frame, most likely on the video, you won't be able to fix it in post. You just have to deal with it. So do you want to go right? You want to go back and do it right the first time? Or do you want to try to scoot around it in your edit? Well, and also fixing it in post, in the end, you're probably going to spend more time yes. um, trying to get it to work versus 
just spending a little bit of extra time on the front end when you're getting it from the from the source. If you're recording a guitar amp um, and the tone sucks because you put the microphone in the wrong spot, it only takes 10 minutes to find the correct spot on your speaker to, to make the, the yeah. speaker. Um, Everybody versus, wants to like rush through everything. Yeah, I mean, versus uh, otherwise you're going to be mixing your a song or your EP or your album and all of a sudden now you have to figure out how to EQ a poorly placed microphone or you're going to have to reamp, which takes even more time. So yeah, yeah, getting, getting things right at the source is like yeah. my, my biggest thing that I wish I would have spent more time on when I started out. Um, and I still don't always take it into account and I always regret it. Yeah. Another thing I would tell my past self is to go hang out with some people that do the same thing you're trying to do and watch what they do and help around or help out. Maybe if it's like an audio studio, go help out for a while and spend some time after work or doing whatever you do to kind of see how things operate and give it a little taste before you jump in and make sure it's something that you actually want to do versus, oh, this sounds like a cool idea. I'm going to just drop 1500 bucks on gear and then find out I don't even like it. I don't like doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I need to pee. I, I do too, actually. Pause. We're taking a pee break, everybody. Please stand by. All right. Wait. Hashtag starting. All right. Where were we? Um, we were talking about regrets mistakes, and yeah. mistakes, things we wish we knew. Yeah. Well, what else, Chad? What else do you wish you knew? Uh, uh, many things. Many um, of them. Uh, particularly, this isn't something that like I've suffered a lot from, but like, uh, I think you kind of touched on it earlier, where, um, like the gear lust, like yeah. you, you don't need, um, like top of the line tens of thousands worth of dollars worth of gear to make something good or great. Yep. Um, and the reason I say I haven't really suffered from this necessarily, maybe it's kind of like an indirect thing, but I've always, um, harbored a very, uh, vicious wanting for gear that I don't have. And I've always beat myself up because I don't have, like I'm, I'm working with gear that's, not up to a certain standard or yeah. whatever. Um, even though it, it really doesn't matter. Um, I mean, it, it matters to a point, but, um, I would also use it to like make excuses for why something wasn't good. Um, right. if I produced something that was bad, I could then say, Oh, well it's this piece of gear was just, it's not up to par when, yeah. even though like if I had done things differently, um, I could have gotten a better result. Yep. Uh, the other thing I would add to that is, Perfection is the enemy. Uh, yeah. If you spend all your time trying to make something perfect, that's time you're not spending on making new content or recording new bands or making new videos or whatever you want to do. And that's another mental hurdle too. Like, um, I remember mixing an EP for a band and I, I kept like, I would, I would work hours and hours and hours on mixing this album, this EP and it wasn't getting to where I wanted it. And like one day I think I just like 
I saved like a new copy of my, my, my mix session and I started completely over from scratch in a new mm-hmm. session. Um, and it got it way closer to where I wanted it because mm-hmm. I kept going down rabbit holes yeah. to where I actually was doing more damage to the mix than, yep. um, than actually doing any good. So then starting over and just getting fresh everything, like, you know, loaded up all my plugins fresh. Um, that was before I started using like mix templates as a starting point. Um, but, but yeah, so yeah, going down rabbit holes and trying to make everything perfect when like 10 hours ago is actually when it was <laughs> the best you, I was going to be able to get it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's like just not driving good. To a perfection that you don't even realize how good it actually is. Right. And, and I mean, that can tie into an insecurity, you know, if you don't like seeing yourself or you don't like hearing yourself or something like that. Well, um, and like part of it too is like I, I keep comparing myself to. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like I compare myself to a mixer or an, a producer who's been doing it for 30 years. Right. And I'm comparing what I'm doing to their most recent work that they have 30 years experience under their belt to get to that point. Yeah. And it's like, why does this not sound like this and it's yeah. like obviously it's because I'm very much less experienced and have much less know-how and have again like the gear is part of it but um de- just definitely not as much a part as everybody thinks when they start yeah and like it's okay to hold yourself to a certain standard but you shouldn't beat yourself up and go into like weeks or months of trying to perfect something to get something to us to a degree that you're just not going to get to because you're not at that point yet right be, be realistic. Uh, a thing I heard Gary V or somebody say like that, uh, somebody like that say was 80% is good enough. You've gotten 80%, just get it out. Just release it and move on to your next thing. Maybe it was uh, Parker Wallbeck or somebody. Well, and that holds true because then like, as long as you're learning something from that 80% that you got, then the next thing you do might be 85% as good as what you want. Right. And then like trying to, perfect or get something to 100% forever is not as good as is not as uh, fruitful. Um, the return on investment for something like that is not as good as getting something like you said, like to 80% and then learning from it. And then the next thing you do, you just, you do it right the next yeah. time around. It stacks. Yeah. It stacks. The quality stacks. Um, I just don't waste your time. You waste so much time. I'm guilty of it. hundred percent. Still do it to this day. But, uh, get it out there. Just let people see it. And if they don't like it, then they won't like it. And if they do, they do. And you're still going to be creating no matter what happens, as long as you're passionate about it and you're not just trying to make money. Um, you're going to do it anyway. So why let a couple of strangers on the internet bother you? And why let somebody who has decades of experience make you feel like you're not good enough when if you had their experience, then you'd be as good as them or maybe better. And it's not like, whatever you're working on, if it's a song or an album or a video, it's not like it's the last thing you're going to do. Right. So if in two, three years down the line, you go back and watch it, you'll be able to see your growth even. And then it'll just be like a nice milestone or yeah. a, a nice uh, timeline. And, and sometimes, you you, on. sometimes you can see that quickly. Maybe you make a video, release it, you release, do the next one. And you're like, Oh man, I learned this really key piece of information on this next one I can apply. Um, and then you compare that to your last one and it's substantially better. But the more you learn, the smaller those quality gaps are going to be. 
Um, right. Because you've already gotten over the hump, so to speak. Hump. Hump it. Right. Demonetized. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that. Yeah. Says, that says everything. Um, yeah. Is there anything else? No, I think. No, we said top five. We kind of covered more than five, but also less than five. I wasn't even thinking about how many. I was just kind of like yeah. rattling things off. But yeah, yeah I think it covers it. Chad the rattlesnake. Rattlesnake um, rapids. Well, that brings us. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag lagoon. Hashtag underage teenagers working the, there. Salt Lake locals will understand. Um, this brings us to our final segment of this podcast, which is hashtag talk about whatever they want, even oh. if it's stupid. And you just listen and that, maybe say stupid things in between. Well, I think we both have things we can put in on this way in on uh, this subject, but band life and what we mean by band life is um, you are in a band and you also have a life. Right. Um <clears throat> Because I think a lot of a lot of us, or probably most people, when they start playing in bands or playing music, they do it with a dream of, oh, I'm going to be a rock star, and I'm going to make records and tour the world, and that will be me, my career, my life, that'll be, everything will revolve around that. And then most... A very vast majority, like 99% or more, uh, end up the other way around where they have a life that's something else. And then the band kind of revolves around, they they have to make their, their band revolve around that. Um, I mean, I think something that should, that I would like to point out immediately is that that's okay. Oh yeah. 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 That's okay to, to have a life and also be in a band and maybe not make the band your number one all the freaking time. Um, but you can be in both and you can be more in life sometimes and more in the band other times, but there's a give and take there. And it's not just one gets 100% because then there's nothing left for the other. And and I've known plenty of people who, um, have given up playing in bands too, because, um, there, there are just way too many other things that are important to them, which is also fine. I mean, um, not only that too, it's like if you share the sentiment that everything you do has to be band related and your other members have lives outside of the band, maybe kids or uh, girlfriends or whatever, then you might feel like they're not giving it all they can because you don't understand their perspective. So it might make you feel like you're the only one working for something when really in reality, it's not that at all. Right. Um, so diving deeper on that subject I'll give some background for myself. Um, I'm in a nationally touring band currently. Um, We are signed to a record label based out of Germany in Europe um, called AFM Records. Um, We've released two albums on this label. Um, Well, our first album was initially released um, independently, but... um, it was re-released anyway. So, um, yeah, nationally touring band, uh, we record, we put out albums. Um, but I still have a day job. Um, and I've had plenty of day jobs. (laughs) Um, and music is still very much a, uh, what I guess when it boils down to it, it's still considered a hobby because I'm not making money from it. Um, I'm not making a living, 
playing music. Um, it is still part of my identity. Um, if anyone thinks of me, I'm sure they're thinking, Oh, he's the guitar player in helium prime or whatever. Um, he, he's Chad, the guitarist. I met at that show one time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's very much who I am. It's a part of me. It's my identity, but it's not my career. And it's still, I still have to live my life outside of being in the band. I'm not, uh, by any means going out and buying a house from royalty checks because, uh, (laughs) let's face it. I don't get any royalty checks. You're not even buying a hot dog because you don't eat hot dogs. That's also true. There's also no royalty checks. (laughs) So, um, the reason I chose this as kind of the subject that we should touch on or talk about is what I mentioned before. I like, I have friends who I've been in bands with or friends that have been in bands that they kind of, they, they give up the dream, I guess, so to speak, or they, um, once it, once it's not fun anymore, they kind of hang up the Cape and, succumb to doing other things or be, they let that part of their identity go by the wayside. So, um, for instance, I have a good friend named Brendan green who I played in multiple bands with. He played in a band with, what's his, uh, what's his nickname? Slappy. Uh, sp- he, spanky. spanky is what he went by when I met him that I don't think he chose that name. I think, uh, uh, <laughs> I think he was captain spanky for some reason. He dropped it. Um, yeah, he was, he's a, he's a good friend of mine. He plays bass. He still plays bass, but he doesn't play in bands. Um, but he, he played in dysphoria with us for a while. He was in a band with me called dead revelator, um, that I was singing in for briefly for a couple of years there. Um, and yeah, after it stopped being fun because it was becoming a lot more work trying to keep the band together. Um, he just decided that that wasn't going to be his thing anymore. He wasn't going to be Brendan, the bass player. He's going to be Brendan, the biker, uh, or whatever. I don't know who, who, how he would consider his identity, but I think of him as Brendan, the dude who likes motorcycles and shoots guns. Um, so he, it's no longer, so, but I, and I, and I don't know his reasons. I don't know any of my friends really reasons for stopping, yeah. But what I'm what I'm aiming for, what I'm getting at is I think some people give it up because they realize they're not going to get that um that rock star dream. Yeah. That's not really an obtainable thing in this day and age. Right. Um except for a very f- small fraction or a small few people. If they can't get that then they don't want anything. Right. Um so like for me, um I have way less things going on in my life versus someone like you who has a family and kids and stuff. Right. Um, but you know, I still have a full-time day job that I have to show up for five out of seven days a week and somehow, um, make sure I have enough time off to be able to go on tour. Um, you also get paid for that time and compensate financially somehow. And, and still, and yeah, still be able to make a living, because like I said in part one at some point, um, like last year I went on tour for like five weeks, five or six. I was, I was actually on the road for five weeks 
but I was out of work for six weeks because I had to go to fly to California first to uh, rehearse with the band because the band is in California. Um, so yeah, I had to take a full six weeks off, which most employers are not cool with that. Yeah. Um, or you know, at the very least they're a little bit unhappy. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, when I had a baby, had to go week off. Right. So, I mean, and that's a much bigger life, uh, event than going on tour with some bands that you like. Um, <laughs> so, and like for me, I like, I don't have kids. I, I haven't had any babies. Um, I've, I've never been married. So, um, like I've never been in a position where I like for me going on tour has been like my maternity leave <laughs> or yeah. paternity, leave, yeah. you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, my honeymoon, I've, I reserve that time for band so much longer than any of those. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like yeah. You would never get that much time. Right. Not uh, in the freaking United States of America. Yeah. Like most employers definitely would like laugh at you. Um, yeah. so it's definitely a challenge trying to juggle that stuff. Um, and like you're in a band that doesn't tour. Correct. Um, you guys do record, um, do. and you do things mostly, uh, independently, which is what I'm used to doing f- for most of my musical career. Yeah. But the problem with it, we don't tour because we haven't been able to tour yet because freaking we've been going th- like the, the door, the member of the doors is revolving. You the mean doors? the, 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 door. the, 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 people the, come in and out of the band all the time. There's a revolving door. Of, there's a revolving door of musicians the, that have been in this band and in, yes. in, in any band. And, uh, sometimes it stops you cold. Uh, and sometimes you can go on without them for a while and find a replacement and keep running. Uh, but unfortunately ours have been pretty show stoppery and yeah, you guys haven't had a chance to tour, but you guys lose guitarists a lot yeah. and bass players. And it's kind of just been you and John, uh, as the, the primary driving members for a while, I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. John is so, he has so many <clears throat> things going on. Right. And he, he also has other, other bands. Um, he's, he's at practice the least out of all of us, which <laughs> is not a bad thing. Just a fact. Right. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I think we could go on a little tangent tangent, but, um, Okay, yeah, so how to do yeah, is, let's say you've got a band, you've got a life, I've got a job, I got a wife. Uh hashtag Metropolis Part Two, twenty years old today. Um <laughs> how what do you do? What's your first thing? Let's say you have a girlfriend, even though you don't right now. <laughs> Thanks. But there's for... some cougars after him. There's some cougars. <laughs> if you guys want to date Chad, uh Instagram at Chad Bill Anderson, uh Facebook Chad Bill Anderson, tweeting him. I don't even know if he has a Twitter. Thanks. Do you have a Twitter? Um, Tell them what your Twitter's in case they want to hit Twitter, on Twitter. Yeah, I don't remember if I've changed it or not. It's either Chad Bill Anderson or Darth Chanderson, but oh yeah, that's right. Um, I never look at it. So, uh, so it, hit on him on Instagram. Yeah, uh, thanks for that. <laughs> I'll put his picture in the thumbnail. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you've you've got a life. The thing is, is you can always find ways around stuff for what's important. Um, you mean band related stuff? So band related stuff. But like, here's the thing. Your family is also important. If you got kids or a wife or whatever, or any combination of those things, um, obviously that's going to come first. And it should. Um, it definitely should. Um, but to give an example, and this isn't a sacrifice I would expect anyone to make, but um, my band toured 
last year we went around the entire country the entire country um carmen san diego was there and at the time that we left um alex our drummer our drummist um your obeterist alex yeah alex boston um he actually had just had a child that was born about three weeks Wait, three weeks, three months. I can hope you're not asking me. He, uh, it was. He definitely had an infant in the house um, when we left. I, I want to say, I want to say his kid was about th- uh, three months old. Um, definitely not like the ideal time for a father to be leaving for five weeks. Yeah, um, and that's harder on the wife than the guy than the mother. I mean, father. Maybe. Right. Um, and and thankfully, uh, he has a great wife, a great support system. Um, who, and so it, anyway, it, it worked out, but, um, to well, wait, give did it, he go on tour or did he stay home? So no, he, he, he came out on tour. Like he, we, we still did rehearsals and everything the week leading up to. And, um, thankfully, I mean, it's not the same, but you know, we've got like FaceTime and stuff now and he was able to call his wife and see his kid pretty much every day, Yeah, but it's through a phone. I mean, it's not the right. same thing. Um, but you know, he made it happen because that was important. Um, and that's not, that's not something that would happen for every per Like if it was, if he was somebody else, we may have been finding a stand in drummer for that tour. Um, but, and not everybody can tour. Um, no, not at all. So, and that's not a bad thing. Nope. It would um, be reasonable. So, but like that's that's what I'm saying is you you find things that are important and then you do them um, <laughs> in the simplest form. Yeah. I mean, it's always a tightrope of priorities. Right. What is more important to you at that time? Uh, you can always go track something. You cannot always see your child's first steps. You cannot always propose to your fiance or girlfriend or whatever. Like. Um, there's times for those kind of things and there's time for band stuff and you have to have a balance between them. Uh, and, I, and I think the, it changes. I think people should be mindful of, am I screwing over my band because I don't want to do this? Like, should I let them know now that they need a stand in drummer for this tour because my kid's only going to be two or three months old. Right. Um, because I see, I see it a lot with bands, especially bands that are struggling to, get past like the local or regional type kind of level where they have members that like they say they're all in, but they kind of got one foot in one foot out and it's just a constant dance of going back and forth and trying to where if that person just would relent and say, and be honest with themselves and with their bandmates that, Hey, I need time for this how do we make it happen um yeah, i mean unless you're working with some real jerks and most in which case everybody if, will understand anyway hey yeah if, if you're working with a band full of jerks maybe just find a new band yeah seriously it's not uh. worth it <laughs> it's great to work with great musicians but ego can easily get in the way of success and um you hear about bands all the time where they need to hire a drummer for tour. Uh, I mean, Trivium's done this where they hire somebody, record the album, go on tour, find out that person is not really compatible with the rest of them, and then they get rid of them and they find a new guy because it's not worth it. You can always find another musician. You can't always find somebody that you're compatible with. That's true. 
Um, which, you know, that's kind of the, something similar to that happened actually with my band with Helium Prime. Um, we briefly had a singer, our second singer. We only, we only released one song, one single with her and we did a tour with her. Um, Kayla is uh, her name. She also sings in a band called Witch Mountain. She's really good. Um, but yeah, we kind of invited her to join the band without really knowing her. Um, uh, and then we went on tour with her and there were, there were some personality clashes, uh, things didn't work out and it's fine, whatever we moved on, but we had a choice to continue with her, do an album and try and just like ignore the issues or to just be upfront and be like, okay, we just need to like this is going to happen now or it's going to happen later. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Yep. Um, and then we were, and then that, and then you got er, that era ended singer. and then we got a new singer. <laughs> <laughs> we got our third singer who Sozos, who is also really good. He, he um, is also no longer in the band, <laughs> but not, um, not for compatibility reasons. Right. That for was travel reasons. That was for other reasons, but it's just another example of like, um, do we want to continue fighting this for the next however long we want to draw this, draw it out? Yeah. Um, or do we want to be honest with ourselves and say, okay, touring is not touring in the U S is not going to work with Sozos. Um, well, or if it is going to work then he, cause he lives in Cyprus. Um, Cyprus, which is, Credit Union? Cyprus is a, an Island in the Mediterranean. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, getting him over here for touring and stuff, just, it wasn't really a viable option at the level we're at now. Oops. And it probably wouldn't be viable for quite a long time. So, um, yeah, we came to a mutual decision to part ways and it's fine. Um, they're all still friends. We are still friends. He's still a great they, guy. They do collabs, right? Or no, um, You're planning on it. I think there might be some kind of collaboration with Sozos in the future, but I'm not sure i'm not really certain what what the future holds there but maybe i don't know keep an eye out <laughs> um so yeah just i think being honest and knowing what you can do and what you can't do um or what you're willing to sacrifice just ask yourself um i think a big problem is a lot of people just don't think about it or they don't even yeah they don't ask themselves what do i need to sacrifice or what do, or is it even worth it? Or is it worth my time? Like, yeah. And then all the, all you end up doing is hurting yourself. Yeah. I mean, being married or being in a band is like being married to four other dudes or however many dudes are in your band. Um, and everybody is dealing with the same thing that you're dealing with. Um, so to just be upfront and honest about it is by far the best sentiment um, I've seen. Um, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I almost quit the drums uh, two ish, two ish years ago, and I was gonna sell all my drums and just get video gear, and I decided that I was just going through a period, and I gave myself a break, and I came back, and here I am. So, um, don't be afraid to walk away, even if it's temporary, and give yourself some time that you need because you are important, especially to yourself. Well, and I recall a time in the dysphoria days when I think it was when 
you told us that you were having a kid. Yeah. And, and everybody flipped out. There was there was a lot of pandemonium. There was a lot of panic because we we're like, and we were very naive and young, nice. um, and we didn't really understand the way anything in the music business works at all. Yeah. Um, we were all kind of in the mindset of like, we have to go, 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 or else we're not going to be anything. And like, we weren't even, it's not even like we were making great strides or anything either. Right. So I don't, I don't know in retrospect, like we were, it was really silly young kids. how we reacted, yeah. but we, we, I think, I think, didn't we ask you if you wanted to quit the band or something? Like, I mean, you almost kicked me out. Yeah. Um, um, you guys actually did kick me out. Uh, shortly after he was born, we still lived at the first house we had him at and you guys, somebody had left a note, like a manila envelope on my porch and like, I oh, yeah, knocked okay, and okay. ran off or just like left it there. And I found it when I went outside. Yeah. I'm just this. telling me reasons why I couldn't be in the band anymore because I wasn't as committed. And, um, really it was just because I, I think it was because I had a kid and everybody was scared of what that might bring. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm sure that's exactly yeah. what it was. I, I'm, it's kind of coming back a little bit to me. So yeah, luckily I didn't, I didn't let you guys kick me out. Yeah. We, we had like a band meeting and we figured it out and then we kicked you out Until later. Next time, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a story for another day, but <laughs> I guess so. Um, yeah, but that, that's like, that's what I mean is we all, none of us knew what you were even going through yeah. and we didn't even bother to talk to you about it. Yeah. You didn't take the time to figure it out. You just jumped to a decision, um, which again is like the naivety thing. And I don't hold that against any of you. Um, it just sucked to be in that position like it would for anybody. Yeah. And you know, I have friends who have had kids and the having kids made them definitely put their musical yeah. endeavors on, uh, like an entire different stove in a different room, <laughs> not even a back burner. But, yeah. um, so it, not everybody's the same though. Totally. Everybody's different. And just, and, and we didn't even give you a chance to, uh, to talk it out. Right. And, and so, everybody yeah. has different spi- spouses. Right. Has a different kind of spouse. Yeah. Or, some, some you know, will definitely be more supportive than others. Right. Or, and, yeah. and when I got with my spouse, I told her for something very stupid, which was, my band is my top priority no matter what hands down you come second and for some reason she was okay with that because she <laughs> loved me that much i guess and uh, that's so what she, i used to tell girls too when i was yeah, yeah that's because yeah. that's like that's like the rock star mentality no it has to be this way we got to make it big and in order to make it big i have to drop everything in my life to do this one thing um, but it does not work like that as chad mentioned previously well and in now in the 21st century in 2019 um if you live that way then you're going to be lonely a lot right um because your band is going to be temporary as much as you want it to last until you die um <laughs> like i, I guarantee most most guys that get into band like i i have a lot of heroes that are in bands that are kind of thrown in the towel um as of late or just like like, uh, you know, everybody in Devil Driver, for instance, like everybody quit that band a couple years ago. Um, and I mean, like John Berklin, who played drums in that band, he is playing in Bad Wolves now, which is like a grant. I think they won a Grammy. Dang. Um, anyway, like, so he's obviously doing like bigger stuff, but yeah, your band isn't going to last. Like if you're in a metal band, <laughs> yeah, uh, you probably got a good 20 or 30 years if you're lucky that your band is going to be around 
or um, less than that be relevant. Right. So, I mean, but at I, the end of the day, uh, or at the end of your life, I should say, your spouse is going to be the one yeah. that you're they're still around so don't treat them like they're yeah. your second option right. um, on, on top of that I mean the best case scenario that I can think of for a band is Rush 40 years of writing recording touring writing recording touring writing recording touring and they were all in that band the entire time except for Neil the new guy who joined like a year or two after they formed um, and then he was in there the entire time so like that's your absolute best case scenario and they even called it quits even though they were pretty much at the peak of their careers um 40 years later because you just got to know when to throw it in yeah so and that's a very 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 rare situation you, you will not be in so yeah so when we say hashtag band life yep. we're saying you're in a band but you have a life you have a life so don't neglect your life because you're trying to for some false sense of this is going to make my band more successful because all you're going to do is hurt yourself. Yeah. And it's not a race. It's a marathon. And I'll tell you right now, getting your band signed. I mean, not all it's cracked up to be. It's, it's not the be all end all of things. Um, if you're in a band to get a record deal and, um, make a lot of money, trust me, <laughs> they do not go hand in hand. Um, you can't have one without the other, and most times that's the case. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, I am happy with how my band... Like, I'm, I don't want to come off like I'm complaining at all, but because our the, being in a signed band, it definitely has been great, and it's been um, more fulfilling than my other bands that I've been in over the past 15 years, but... It's... Like, I... I, I is it worth not having girlfriends for so long because I'm only focusing on band things? Maybe not. Maybe I should have put more effort in. <laughs> or, I mean, maybe not even that, like career-wise even. Um, yeah, it worth jumping from job to job to job to job just because you're trying to fill whatever's currently going on versus right. putting in the time and the effort to make a career out of something. Right, and I mean, the job I have currently, I've been there for about five years, but before this job, I never had a job that lasted longer than about a year um, at a time. Hashtag Arctic Circle. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, like I, I dropped out of high school. Uh, Drop out of life. Played a, did a lot of crappy customer service gigs that I hated in the interest of, oh, well, if I need to quit this job to do bad things, then I won't be too hurt. I won't be too bent out of shape. Um, that's not a great way to live. No, <laughs> um, having a job that's a, a day job that I enjoy where I can make a living. Um, even if they didn't, even if they weren't super great about me going on tour for a month or so at, out of the year, definitely is more worth it than um, jumping job to job. And, yeah. and some, some guys are just fine with doing whatever mundane crap, uh, to make ends meet while they're not on tour and more power to them. But you know, everyone's different, whatever you're, whatever you're willing to put up with, but as long as it's good, as long as it's good. <laughs> <laughs> inside, inside thing. Yeah. Freaking dysphoria. 
All right, guys. Well, I think that's where we're going to leave it. Um, enjoy. I hope you enjoyed this hour-long podcast version two um, of the first episode. Thanks again for Chad. I mean, to Chad. Yeah. For Chad. For Chad? No. Um, thanks again to Chad <laughs> for helping out. Um, I've got a couple of videos coming up on the channel that he's been helping me with. Um, today was like an all... I don't know what you would call today. It was a marathon of content creation. So anyway, tweet me at behind the kid official, follow me on Instagram, send me a message telling me that you heard this and I will send you something off of a free. Um, yeah. Tell your friends, hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> yeah. All that good stuff. What's up everybody. We're ending this podcast. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Have a great day.